Miss Jordan Love is going to bring our special this morning.
we begin this uh, morning, I'd like to ask all of the uh, Vacation Bible School workers and everybody that's helping this week to stand up at this time and to come down here and join me up front. We're going to have a special prayer. So if you're volunteering in any way, teacher, assistant, helper, food, any way at all this week in Vacation Bible School, come on down. Any way at all. And uh, just ease on down here. We're going to have a special word of prayer. Folks, I know you'll want to join me in praying for all these workers. These people will be uh, sharing the gospel with uh, these young people. Pray for them. Lift them up. And uh, everybody grab a hand. Grab a hand next to you. All right. Everybody bow with me for a word of prayer. Father... I thank you for everybody that's here, that's working, that's already put in countless hours to make this Vacation Bible School a success. Thank you for even the unknown and uncounted uh, hours and times of people that have helped out in this, even the, uh, from all the props and the pictures to the lessons to the food to the crafts. I thank you for them Father, most of all, may we be equipping young people to hear your word and that they, your Holy Spirit would accompany each and every lesson, that they would hear and understand your truth and your salvation, knowing that you love them so very much. Father, thank you for each of these volunteers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all. You all may be seated at this time. You all give them a hand. Just a hand of thanks. That's all you're doing is just saying a thank you. And speaking with Vacation Bible School and getting ready for a bunch of activities, that brings us to our message this morning, Too Blessed to Be Stressed. In this Life of Excellence series, as we look today at the subject, too blessed to be stressed. You've, I say, well, wait, wait a second, Brother Michael. I don't know about that. Yeah, we, we just need to think that away and know that uh, we're too blessed to be stressed. Let me ask you this morning, uh, if you feel like God has blessed you, say amen. amen. And, and we, He has. And you would be... Uh, wrong to admit any other thing that God has blessed you. Matter of fact, even people in the Bible that we were talking about how our country and moralities have changed, and a lot of people in the Bible because they stood against uh, the morals of the time and the cultures of the time. Popular people like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Paul. Did you know they were thrown in the gospel for praying? I mean, thrown in jail for praying. Thrown in jail for for preaching. And so, many of us realize that we haven't been endured any of that. We've, we're really blessed. God's blessed us. And thank the Lord that He has blessed us and we live in a free country right now. I don't know if that may change in the near future, but you are 
blessed. You say, well, I'm stressed too, Brother Michael. What can I do about this stress level that I'm feeling right now? So many times you get to looking at your stresses because you're looking at your problems instead of the blessings God's given to you. Isn't that true? We've, we look at our problems. We look at what's wrong instead of saying, you know what, what has God done for me? Matter of fact, uh, anytime you're feeling overwhelmed, I've read this and matter of fact, even done this. Anytime you're feeling overwhelmed in life, problems are rolling in, you have no answers, get out a sheet of paper, grab a pen or a pencil, and start writing everything that everything you can think of that God has blessed you with, or every good thing that you can think of that God has done for you. Before you get to the bottom of the page, you'll realize that God has blessed you too much for you to be stuck on your problems. Yes, problems can't overwhelm us, but it's usually when we're looking at the problems instead of the blessings that God has given to us. Uh, real quickly, many people are going to, uh, going through the summer and probably into the beginning of the school year, and a lot of our students will probably hate me even bringing that, and teachers even bringing that up, that school year's coming back up, and the summer's flying by. A lot of things will be happening. But we're going to be looking at this Sermon on the Mount. I've been through it on Wednesday nights. But uh, maybe you don't normally come to our Wednesday night, so you'll get this, especially from a, a sermon perspective, a life of excellence. Jesus preached his longest message, and he challenged people to step up. He challenged people that to live. A, you say, well, I'm saved. Now what? Matter of fact, our teen camp is called Next. That's the name of our teen camp. A lot of say, well, what's next? Once you're saved, what's next? And now that if you've been saved, and I don't care if you've been saved five months or 500 years, folks, what's next? What does God want you to do tomorrow, the next week? To, the next, how does He want you to live? Did you know the Sermon on the Mount addresses most of those questions? The Sermon on the Mount addresses how to live, how to treat each other as Christians, how to behave as a child of God, and what's important. What are your priorities as a child of God? The very first part of this sermon is uh, that Jesus is preaching is called the Beatitudes. Now, the word Beatitude is not found in the Bible. The word beatitude comes from a Latin word, uh, beatus, which means blessed, happy, joyful. Matter of fact, most of the time I hear when people read these, and we're going to look at them in just a second, they'll say, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, or blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. You know what a better way to say it is? Just say blessed. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed. Are they that seek God? Blessed are the persecuted. Folks, we are blessed. And that is a good, that's the way we talk, so that's the way we should say it. Blessed. So would you just stand for the reading of God's holy word this morning? We're going to just look at the, just the very first verse and we'll take off from there. Which is, uh, of course, it says in the first two verses, that Jesus is speaking and where he's speaking, but let's read verse 3. Matter of fact, folks, would you read it with me? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time together. Help us to study your word.
Father, may your Holy Spirit speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I think I said bless. Bless. I tried to say blessed. I'll get it out in just a second. And uh, so the very first thing right off the bat is looking at verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Basically, what this is talking about is how do we look at ourselves, and, and uh, this has to do with humility. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, we're going to talk about the poor in spirit and what that means is now humility and having, you can't say in the old-fashioned saying, well, I'm humble. Well, as soon as you said that, you just lost it. <laughs> you know, that's the old saying, uh, you can't brag about being humble. But it's more than that. And humility or poor in spirit is not thinking less of, well, I'm just a pitiful old country boy. Or I'm, I'm just a lowly old country girl. And I just, I don't have anything, so I must be humble. I don't have many talents, so I'm humble. I'm poor in spirit because I don't have any whatever. But this not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself Less. In other words, putting other people ahead of you. Thinking about other people's feelings. Thinking about other people's desires. And it's not to say that you're trying to, uh, to have a false sense of humility because there is a false sense of humility, what it is and what it isn't. And so that's the comparison that I kind of wanted to hit on for just a second. Now, if you will, just take a quick peek at Romans Chapter 12 and verse 3, this is a great passage. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, we'll hit over here in the end of Romans just for a couple of times this morning. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the Word of God says this, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of the so to think seriously, God, what do you want me to think of yourself and say, I need to put others ahead of me and to say, put, make them a success. Matter of fact, if you want to have the greatest marriage on earth, to have the greatest marriage on earth, you apply this verse. And that is, put your spouse ahead of yourself. And if both of you do it, it's pretty amazing. You say, well, somebody's got to take the lead. Well, if both of you are praying together and, and communicating well, the leadership will take care of itself. It will. But all that is is whenever decisions need to be made and, and, and troubles arise in a marriage to put your spouse ahead of your own considerations. To lift them up. If you want to, if you want to have a successful marriage, make them a success. Matter of fact, that's what the Proverbs 31 woman is all about. Lifting up her husband, praying for her husband. Matter of fact, we dealt last Sunday night about what to do if you're married to a lost spouse. Last Sunday night, that's First Peter chapter 3, if you want to review that later. All right? And so that's how you look at yourself. Next, I want to look at, are we hard-hearted or broken-hearted? Verse 4 of our text, and looking at it, is the next beatitude, if you will. Blessed are they 
that mourn. I'll just stop right there. Blessed are they that mourn, which means to be, to be mournful means to be brokenhearted. Folks, I want to tell you this morning that Jesus heals the brokenhearted. Now, you can be brokenhearted for physical and emotional means, and Jesus heals those broken hearts. Now, there's a different thing, but spiritually, we ought to have hearts that are given to God, hearts that are saying, I want my heart to be given wholly to the Lord. And if my heart is broken, let Jesus heal it and let Him have control in our hearts. You know, should we desire brokenness? Let's take a quick peek at uh, what what did David have to say about having a broken heart. Now, broken heart is good if it's given to God. In Psalm 51, now this is David praying a prayer of repentance. And he says in Psalm 51, verse 17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. To be broken means this. And it's something I should desire. To be hard-hearted means that I'm not going to let anybody in. I'm not going to let the world affect me. Hard-hearted means that I'm going to have a wall of steel, a stone wall, that nobody and even the Lord cannot penetrate. That doesn't sound like the kind of heart we need. A hard heart. I need a broken heart. Broken means it has cracks in it. Broken means that there's a way in. Broken means that it can... As a matter of fact, God says, that's the heart I can use. He heals it. But guess what? He heals it from the inside. Let Him in. Let Him in. And He can heal that broken heart from the inside. Did you know the world breaks our hearts, but God does too. God breaks our hearts so he, we can say, listen to me very closely, listen to me very closely. If God breaks your, if the world breaks your heart, it's because of sin. Or just, the world's just messed up place and things happen. But if God breaks your heart, it's so He can use you. He wants to break your heart so He can use you. And that's what, uh, one of the things that David is getting at here. The Lord is close to, He's nigh, He, uh, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise. The next thing we look at is verse five. <clears throat> In verse five, we see power under control. It says, blessed are the meek. You know, in this simple, uh, phrase, we find that uh, meekness is not weakness. These two passages means this is basically meekness is strength under control. There's two scriptures that I want to share with you real quick about meekness, two fine examples of meekness in the book of Numbers chapter 12 and verse 3. The word of God says this, now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And then Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty nine, He said this, He said, Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I 
am meek. So Moses was meek and Jesus is weak. And folks, neither one of them, they were both meek, but neither one of them were weak. What is that? Meekness is strength under control. Blessed are the meek. To be meek means to say, God, I want your strength in my life. In our text, back again, it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You know, you think about a conquering soldier, and you think about somebody to, to inherit the earth means to conquer the earth. But folks, Jesus said He's already conquered it. Now, let me ask you. Blessed are the meek means this. It means that, number one, I'm not weak. I need to stay in control. I need to let God in control of my life and let His power be seen in my life. But most of us, we won't serve God because you won't relinquish that power to Him, that control to Him. Who's in control of your life this morning? Who makes the decisions? What are you going to do with the rest of your week, the rest of your life, the rest of your year for the Lord? There's a lot of things that Jesus is saying here in these passages. The next one's pretty neat. And that is basically what I called happy are the hungry. Happy are the hungry. I tell you what, we all I'm I like this one. Happy are the hungry. Everybody in here says, Where's the gun? I shoot that squirrel. Happy are the hungry. I tell you what, but what are you hungry for? The Bible says here in this passage, it's a great one. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness for what? They shall be filled. It's right there in your Bible. And so, what? remember what does the word blessed means? And you know, and I really didn't hit on that very much in the introduction. Most people have in your Bible, if you have a Bible that has notes at the bottom of the page, it'll say that the word blessed means happy. And it does, but it's really more than that. It really means fulfilled, content, uh, uh, the, the treasures of, the joy of. So you will have joy and happiness and fulfillment and contentment. What? Blessed or happy are those that... Hunger and thirst after worldly goods? No. Those that hunger after a better job? After education? After a great spouse? Man, I want a knockout spouse. I want a, uh, want a scale of 1 to 10. I want 11 for a spouse. No, all of those things are for this life. They're temporary. Even our marriages are for this life. This life. Matter of fact, every wedding I've ever performed, I say, until death do us part. In other words, that's the way marriages are supposed to end. Blessed are the hunger. What are you hungry for? What are you passionate about? That answers a lot of questions when you think about them. Verse 7 in our text is this, am I just, am I kind to others? What about kindness? It says in verse 7, Matthew 
5, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Uh, Am I kind to others? You know, in Romans chapter 12, I said we would uh, end back up over there, so take a quick peek at Romans again. In chapter 12 and verse 10, it says this, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, and here it is again, same thing, same, preferring one another. You know what that means, preferring one another? Putting other people ahead of yourself. Matter of fact, I put this on my Facebook status earlier. Matter of fact, when I went ahead and got my sermon finished up Monday, emailed it to Miss Denise so she'd have it ready. I knew it was going to be a busy week uh, with everything going on, going to Dallas and back. And I, and I put this, I said, you know, I got to thinking about it. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. And the word merciful there that, that means that they give to show kindness. That's a real good country way to put it. Blessed are the kind, for they shall what? Have kindness back on them. Have you ever thought about that? Blessed are they? Now, not always, but God will take care of that. So here's what, here's what we need to think. Did you know this? And I, this is what I put as my status. Kindness is the unit of measure that every Christian is measured by. Matter of fact, it says, uh, Blessed are the merciful, for they, they shall obtain mercy, they shall obtain kindness. And that unit of measure is this. Now, what's, what's a unit of measure? It's inches and miles, you know. Hey, have you ever heard that? Well, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Well, what about, a, what about an inch of kindness? What if you say, well, what if you measured kindness by the gallon? How many gallons of kindness are inside of you? If, if you say, well, they've only got a pint of kindness in them. Well, they've got 10,000 gallons of kindness in them. Kindness is the unit of measure by which every Christian is measured. Moving on. And the next one, am I real? First uh, Corinthians, well, thir- I miss out on the scripture. First Corinthians thirteen four, it says that we should be kind one to another. Love is kind. All right, am I real? Verse eight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It says here that basically this, the pure in heart just means, are you real? That's all it means, trying to break down these beatitudes where you and I can understand. Are you real? Basically, I say I'm saved. Are you saved? I'm a church member. I love Jesus. Is that true? The pure in heart just means this. You don't fake it. Many times in the Bible, and if you have a King James Bible, it says the unfeigned faith. You know what that means? The real faith. Unfeigned means not faked. Am I real? Am I just faking it? Did you know this? There were people in the Bible who faked it. They weren't real. Matter of fact, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were known for what? For faking it. Jesus called them out. He said, they make broad their phylacteries. In other words, they would take a printed 
portions of the Word of God and they would put them on the hems of their garment. They would stand on the street corners and pray loud prayers so everybody could see how righteous and holy they were. When I say I'm saved, do I really mean it? Did you know there's such thing as lost church members? Probably has been the heartache of many a pastor and many a church are lost church members. It was Jesus. I think Jesus was brokenhearted by the choice that Judas made. Blessed are the pure in heart. Because why? You're going to get to go to heaven. Did you know that? What does it say in our Bible? Blessed are the pure in heart for they what? They shall see God. Guess what? If you're real, you're going to heaven. If you're not real, you're not going to heaven. Means are you real? Are you a real Christian? Are you just faking it? You can fake everybody out. You can't fake God out. Mm -hmm. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. Basically this is, you know, peacemakers are those who put out fires. That's it. Make peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Do I create fires with my words? It's not in your outline, but the book of James says, talking about the mouth and the words that we use, Oh, what a mighty fire it kindleth. It's such a small, you know, just like this match that you see right now, striking a spark. You know, you can take just this. And matter of fact, uh, if you've ever, if you've been around here very long, here in this area, when they start burning off these wheat fields, uh, you know, they run around with this thing behind the four wheeler or behind the gator, and it's lighting, lighting them fires. And it's just a little old bitty flame, but for boom, <laughs> it blows up. And hopefully the wind's right, and they've got the 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 back. Uh, the dirt plowed up because that way it'll go the right direction and do all the right things. But it doesn't take but a little old spark to start a great big fire. What are, what are you known for? Notice this verse is very particular. So my actions, my life either create fires or do I put fires out? And putting fires out... It says this in our text. Look at verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. So my words, according to James and according to here, I'm a peacemaker or a fire starter. Talking about the words. Then it says, it ends this little verse. And Jesus is speaking. He's just speaking. He's just speaking. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be known, they shall be called the children of God. Look at that verse. Look at that verse again. What does it say there? They shall be called. You know what that means? When people see our word or hear our words and see our actions, what are you known for? What are you known, what do people call us? <laughs> well, I hope they call me in time for supper. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. What are you known for? Am I a peacemaker? Should, hey, should that, is that a good prayer to pray? That would be a good prayer to pray. Lord, help me to be a peacemaker. I'm a peacemaker or a troublemaker. Yeah. Ah. That's two sides of a coin, isn't it? I know which one I'd want to be on. 
But again, not what Brother Michael says, not what somebody else says, but what, is the, what does the Bible say right here? For they shall be called. What, and basically this, why are they called anything? Because of their actions and their words. Man, they are, man, have you ever heard, hey, listen to this, has, have, is there somebody you can think of right now, you can say, man, I've never heard an unkind word come out of their mouth. Yeah. There's, hey, right now, y'all can all think of somebody, you can say, you can apply, but that's what it's saying, they shall be called the children of God. They shall be called. We're going to be called, known for something, called something. That's exactly what he's saying. People are watching our lives. That's what Jesus was getting at. Well, lastly, in closing, do I have what it takes to live a life of excellence? Looking at these last three verses, notice how Jesus states them. In verse 10, he says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, this is where it's getting to it. Folks, we're all going to may cry persecution. But why are you having trouble in your life? Why are you so-called being persecuted? What does this verse say? For righteousness' sake. And uh, think about this. You say, well, I, Brother Michael, I am so thankful that I've never done, I've never been persecuted. Thank the Lord. I, I, don't, I can't think of a time I've been persecuted. Then that means we've never probably done a whole lot for righteousness sake. Because if we do something for the Lord, it's, we're going to be persecuted to a degree. By somebody, something eventually. And you say, well, I, one time I did something for the Lord and I got away with it. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. That, let's do something else. Let's do something else. Let's do two things for the Lord. Let's do three things for the Lord. And get this. And all of you know this. If you try to do stuff for the Lord, if you ever try to do anything, uh, you, have you ever, has anybody in here ever been criticized? Yeah, that's a very uh, uh, a statement, a lot, that sarcastic statement. I'll get it out in just a second. A lot of sarcasm there. Yes, we've all been criticized, no matter what we've done in life. Matter of fact, you can do nothing and be criticized for that. So it doesn't matter. There's criticism in life. But if we're going to be criticized, let us do it for not, not for doing nothing, but for trying something for Jesus. Think about that, folks. Many of us sit back and we don't do anything because we're afraid of criticism. Because we're afraid of being called out. But it says here, for righteousness' sake. So let's do it for the right reason. It says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. Why? For my sake, for my sake this morning. And then finally, in verse 12, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets 
which were before you. I want you to know that you're never alone. You're never alone. Folks, people before us have been persecuted. People after us. Many times serving God, you're going to try something. You're going to ah, mess up. Yeah. Did you know that? Your pastor, he messes up. But folks, Lord willing, I'm going to say this, Lord willing, I pray that I never quit trying. Never quit trying to serve Him. Make mistakes by the dozen, by the galore. Never quit trying. Keep Jesus first. Put Him first. Tell others about Jesus. Will everybody accept Him? No. Did everybody Jesus witness to? Did everybody get saved under Jesus? No. Even His own church members, not all of them were saved. Some people came up to Jesus, what do I need to do? And then they went away sad because He required so much. The book of Joshua, chapter 1, it's not in your outline, but... It says this, it says, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. I'll be with you. And thank the Lord, Joshua had that promise when he went in to the promised land as we prepare for a hymn of invitation. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to realize that we are really blessed. And may we never take our blessings for granted. Father, just if there's anybody here this morning, they need to make a decision. They need to turn their life over to you. They've, maybe they've been sitting on the back burner. They say, I need to go to work. My life is flying by. I'm not saved. I've never just realized that I'm a sinner and trusted you as my Savior. Father, may your Holy Spirit convict them of their need to do that right now. Father, bless our Bible school. May we pray that young people be saved this week. May we never give up on that. Father, help us to live a life of excellence. Realizing You're there for us through the ups and downs, the mistakes, the shortcomings, the failures. You're there with us. Help us to look to You for strength. In Jesus' name, Amen.